Podcast Appetite for Distortion, episode 188. It is Brando. Hope you are all doing well wherever you are listening, however you are listening to this podcast. Just thank you again for for joining me as we are all under this uh, this quarantine. Another episode, another edition of Feel Feel My Quarantine. I'm sorry, I'll never I'll never say it like that again, but. As I, I've mentioned, if you've been listening to the podcast, last several interviews and episodes, I'm here at my apartment in Woodside, Queens. Uh, I have three cats now, to whom of which I am allergic. Thankfully, uh, Zyrtec works. If they ever want to become a sponsor. And I have two air purifiers going. But if Axel Rose has three cats, I can have three cats. At least that's what the internet says. I don't really... It's like Dexter, Dijon, and... Something else. Have you seen that picture with he has this crazy black cap on with with uh, cat figures on it? And also, it might have been the first time it was revealed in the interview that I did with the Looney Tunes uh, writers uh, talking about the episode, of course, that Axel was on it, that they had to draw the, the belts around his ankles, which were – I mean, I thought it was a belt. I thought it was some sort of fashion statement. But no, those are the leashes of his – Pets who have passed away, his dogs, I think, specifically. So, wow. I know many of you are, you know, pet people. Obviously, I'm a cat guy. But I digress. You know, I'm keeping up. Um, I can't believe it. Keeping up with the podcast. Um, all of you are awesome who follow me on social media in between these episodes. I kind of feel overwhelmed sometimes with the, you know, the the inboxing of, of how much you guys listen from episode one. But I'm also overwhelmed now, surprisingly, with the or I guess not surprisingly, with the amount of interviews I've been getting. I guess people are home. They're bored. They're not on tour. They're, they're not doing book signings, so they have time to do podcasts, and which is great, I guess, for me, if you want to find a silver lining in something. But I also don't want to overload you too much. I want you to kind of enjoy each episode and let it marinate. But I try to do it in real time, but I, I've been pushing it off and off, so I want to get this interview out there. A couple weeks ago, I interviewed Kathy Valentine from the Go-Go's, the legendary band from the Go-Go's, and she has a, a brand new book. It is, it is brand new. It is out. It is called All I Ever Wanted, a rock and roll memoir, and I think it has five stars on, on Amazon, or at least, yeah, yeah, five, five stars, perfect ratings of, well, 4.9 out of five. Uh, right now on, on Amazon, so that's awesome. So she was really great to talk to. And then, you know, I've, I like to get these interviews out quickly, but then all of a sudden I'm getting uh, Eddie Trunk, I'm getting Eric Dover, Mark Tremonti, and Andy Morahan, and it's and it's just crazy. So, I, but I, I whatever, I'll, I'll give it to you now. Um, I'll break my rule of not bombarding you with, with episodes. So I appreciate those of you who, 
do keep up to date pretty much or whenever you listen to it. It doesn't matter as long as you listen. So um, Kathy Valentine from the Go-Go's. And then after that, we are going to do – I haven't done one since I've been quarantined – is a fan obsession segment. Fan That is where I talk to you, the AFD show listener, about your your Guns N' Roses experience, your your life. And you know, that was my goal to connect all of us through Guns N' Roses. And now we're yeah, we're connected through GNR still, but also being in quarantine and in lockdown and, and dealing with this virus. So I figure why not combine the two? No, I did not get a you know, uh, somebody who's dying of coronavirus who's you know, a Guns N' Roses fan. No, quite the opposite. I have uh, Dr. Nicole Talbot, who is on the front line. She has her own practice, and she's putting her own uh, health at risk every single day. So I have her uh, coming up after Kathy Valentine. And also, just FYI, uh, it took um, a month, a literal month, for me to get a $40 microphone off Amazon. And... To no fault. There are more important things to be delivered now. So uh, I just want to give you a heads up as far as the sound quality because I did not have the microphone at the time of interviewing Kathy. Anyway, enjoy. Hi, Kathy. How are you? I'm good. Hi, Brandon. What's up? Well, first of all, I want to see uh, how, how are you doing despite everything that's that's going on? Where are you right now? Are you How's quarantine life going for you? I'm in Austin, Texas. I'm a little nervous because, you know, we haven't had the... The worst of it come, and you just know it's around the corner. So uh, you're, we're, we're two, a couple over, a little bit over two weeks into this thing, and life is not normal, and you know it's going to get a lot less normal. So it's you know we're all on the edge of our seats, kind of not knowing what to expect next, and of course trying to do everything we can as responsible citizens to to protect people from getting sick. I know, and, and this is why. Uh... You know, because you said you're in Austin, I'm grateful that I made my first trip to Austin this past October for Austin City Limits. So, you know, something like that, it wouldn't happen now. But uh, we could talk about that, you know, another time. Of course, we're here to talk about your new book, your your new memoir, All I Ever Wanted. Um, you know, it was interesting when you said you, when your daughter asked why you were writing a book, uh, and you didn't, you weren't sure of the answer, right? You weren't really sure what prompted you at first to to write this. Well, I mean, she, what she was wondering is, like, why would anybody want to put this stuff out there? This, Like, why would you want people to know? And what she's talking about, she hasn't read it, but she knew that it was going to cover some pretty gnarly stuff. Mm. And, like, you know, why would you want anyone to be able to pick up a book and read that this happened to you? And it was kind of hard to explain to a, a young teenager how, how people – People, it's important for people to, to see that you can make mistakes and have uh, unpleasant things happen and be lost and be confused and lose your way and yet still succeed in life and be loved and love people and have families. I think it's really important uh, and inspiring to people to, to see that journey and, and find things that resonate with them. And I, I, it was hard to articulate that to her. Oh, uh, for sure. And especially, which is why I'm so glad you're putting out an autobiography, because there's so many, you know, rock star autobiographies from the male perspective, from but from the female perspective. It's so important. Did, yeah, did yeah. You... And that was another thing I was writing there. There just there, there aren't a 
aren't that many women that, that choose uh, being in a band and music for, for their life and then stick with it for their entire life, you know? Uh, I've been in bands for 45 years now, and a lot of it, I'm blessed because I was in a successful band and and other things in my life kind of fell into place where I could just do music and that's not the case for all of us but even if it's just something you do on the side there's still not that many women that choose that and I thought that that, that in and of itself uh, lent itself to writing a story. Do you think that's changed over the years since you've been in the business of 45 years? Has the role of women expanded, do you think? Or is there still a lot of headway, a lot to accomplish? I absolutely think it has. I mean, uh, you know, you see women in almost every major band and that tours, you know, whether it's it's Pink or Beyonce or, you know, uh, Lenny Kravitz. I mean, some of our biggest acts uh, employ fantastic women musicians. So I, I love that. That's different. You didn't see that when I was growing up. I never saw women in bands when I was growing up. Um, I love that. Um, and... Yeah, it has changed. Uh, what hasn't changed so much that is a little disappointing was to see an all-female band that, that has the longevity, like, you know, U2 or the Foo Fighters or Radiohead or the Stones. You know what I mean? I would like to see, I would like to see a band that's all women that just kind of has a long career that puts out albums for, and evolves and changes, like so many bands that are men that we see. You're right. Yeah, I, sometimes I think about what happened to the Donnas. They were really good, but, you know. I'm... Oh, weren't the Donnas so great? Yeah. I know. And uh, there's been a few that, that went by the wayside that I that I thought, you know, could have a long career. Well, hopefully. And I still want to see that. I mean, it's not going to happen for me. I got to be in a band that, that did really, really well that was all women. But, you know, we didn't last as long as I would. I mean, we, we've had a career still, but in terms of, like, just making album after album after album and evolving and, you know, changing and going through all those paces that so many bands do, you know. I didn't get to do that either. I know we're limited on time, but. but... Still not, so I'm not diminishing that. Don't get me wrong. Sure, sure. I know we're limited on, on time. Was there something uh, when you were writing the book that really maybe, whether it was a positive or negative, that maybe surprised you? Like, oh, yeah, I went through that. You know, was it, you know, cathartic for you? Or I guess, like, what's, um, give us like a teaser. Like, what's a, like a story that we can, uh, that we'll read and we'll be, you know, really enthralled by. We'll really, we won't be able to put the book down. To really make it a page turner and that where you wouldn't get bored uh so i i really I, I i don't go lightly on things but i try to keep a pace going and i think the the thing that surprised me the most was how number one how the music can can just resonate and be with you every step of the way and how it music what music does for us and how not only did listening to songs from different areas of my life take me back and remind me of what I felt like and what I was going through, but writing the soundtrack to the book, music just just did so much for me. It, it, it kept me alive. It gave me a dream. Uh, so I think just realizing how connected I was to music, because when you're a musician, you don't think so much. It just like becomes part of who you are, and remembering how just 
how it pulled me through life was was a surprise um and i think so many of us relate to that but but there's i don't know it's hard to really just the feelings i wanted to get on the page what it felt like the joy the the the, the loss the betrayals, everything. I wanted people to know what it felt like, whether it was plugging a guitar into an app and feeling empowered and, and just going, aha, this is everything, to losing your entire identity and being kind of at the bottom of as far low as you could get and how to bring yourself out of that. All right. So I don't know if I answered your question very well. Sure, no, you did. You're, you're making us read the book, which is the important thing. Oh, <laughs> you Sure. One last quick question, because um, you may have noticed by the title of the podcast, we have a Guns N' Roses theme, and not many people know that Gil- you worked with Gilby Clark back in 1995 on your solo record. So I was wondering if you could talk yeah. if you could talk about your your work with Gilby, how that happened. Well, Gilby, I've been a friend. I've I've just loved Gilby ever since he was in a, a great band called Candy on the LA scene, and I just think he's awesome. And we've been pals for a while, and he has a studio, and we work together. And, uh, on my first solo album in 2005, I got Ace Freely to play a, a solo, and I'll just never remember Gilby like kind of being blown away when I was like, "Okay, I'm bringing Ace over to play on this <laughs> record," and he was like, "Okay, this is an awesome moment." Um, so yeah, I, and I was thrilled when he got in Guns N' Roses. I thought he was a perfect fit for that too. Awesome. Well, I hope to speak to you again, Kathy. We can dive deeper into your stories and to your relationship with Gilby and everything else. Just continue success. Anytime. and Just get in touch with the, my PR people, and I'd love to do a more deeper one. Oh, wow. Thank you. I will do that. I appreciate that. Thank you so much, Kathy. You have a great day. Okay, bye. Kathy Valentine, the Go-Go's. Never thought on a Guns N' Roses podcast I would interview somebody from the Go-Go's, but that's what we do here. The six degrees of GNR Bacon and I did not know. I, I When I saw her name on the guest list for my job and I inquired about it, I only found out afterwards that Gilby produced her solo record. So there are six degrees of GNR Bacons that I, I just fa- find out myself before even uh, doing the show. So anyway, I want to go into um, to talking to one you know strong, powerful uh, woman to another and just because i'm here at home in queens in quarantine in my simpsons uh pajama pants doesn't mean we can't do another fan obsession fan so today you know sometimes i will get and which is great i want to keep encouraging it uh i i will get submissions hey i want to be interviewed on your show i have some great guns and roses stories you could do so through facebook twitter Instagram, uh, Gmail, uh, the AFD show at gmail.com, which is great. But sometimes I will, I guess it's like a radio show where you, you get familiar with the people who call up, uh, the familiar names that call up radio stations who become part of the show in a way. And I noticed that not just the people who submit questions when I have guests, for, but for those who comment on social media, who take part on, on my silly little uh, comparison questions or on this day. Uh, if you follow social media, I try to be very creative in addition to just promoting the episodes, but with the content. So a name that, that popped out at me, uh, that has been popping out for me for a while, is uh, Dr. Nicole Talbot. And I wanted to have uh, Dr. Talbot on today because she's not just one of the more, uh, I have no idea if that speeding car just passed by. This is what happens. I'm not in a uh, soundproof room and people in here in Queens are still speeding. 
What is wrong with people? I, I she always gives one of these uh, very positive messages and always um, I don't know. It's always stood out to me. It makes me feel good. So I wanted to reach out to her to be a part of fan obsession. And considering her profession, I think it might be a good time to to speak with her. So uh, today from San Antonio. That's where you are, San Antonio, Texas, Dr. Talbot? Yeah, yeah, like outside San Antonio, 40 minutes. Okay, so um, you may have heard on the podcast that I finally made my first trip to Texas. Uh, this was, it's, it's, how far away is Austin? Austin's north, right, of you guys? Yeah, it's about an hour from me. Okay, I I loved Texas. I mean, I want to go back, and one of the, I don't know if you answered it, maybe you can answer it uh, for me now. What The last concert that I went to pre-COVID was at Austin City Limits, and even though I went for Guns N' Roses, the the band that I saw that was the last band I saw live was Mumford and Sons, and Lars Ulrich actually came out to play a song with them. So, what was the last um, concert you were at pre-COVID, as they say? I think it was Skid Row, the 30th anniversary tour wow. with Sebastian Bach at the Aztec in October. Wait a minute, wait. It- Oh, oh, it was Sebastian Bach's anniversary tour. Yeah, Sebastian oh. Bach's, the 30th anniversary. Oh, that's awesome. Of the Skid Row album. Okay, yeah, yeah, that's great. I, I, I haven't seen Sebastian recently, but I've seen, I've seen him three times. I think once opening up for, for Guns, and he's, he's awesome. So, you know, let's. Well, we're going to talk about your Guns N' Roses fandom, but uh, obviously, I refer to you as as Doctor Talbot. So, if you don't mind sharing. Because as it's hard not to, you know, I want to give an escape for listeners, but the COVID crisis is intertwined with the Guns N' Roses world. I mean, as I'm recording this part of this episode, GNR just uh, shared, I think, the the Ticketmaster refund policy. So it's it's affecting our world. So uh, if you don't mind, share a little bit about what you do. Well, I'm a family practice doctor in Seguin, Texas, and I opened up my own clinic in 2006, and um, I see everybody from, you know, newborns to teenagers to middle age to the elderly. So I pretty much um, see patients Monday through Friday and then take call on the weekends. Wow. I, I'm, is it – how are you doing down there? Because I, I know there are a lot – I have a lot of friends who are not from – New York and uh, New York seems to be hit the worst here in the United States. You know, I'm okay. I you know, thank. I never really took the subway. I always drove everywhere. I was always alone in the studio. So, you know, I don't even really know what's going on. I'm not the representation for New York. But how is it where you are? And I'm, I'm hoping, obviously, you're staying safe. Yeah, I've I've been uh, trying to stay very safe. We've changed, you know, all of our policies in the office, and we have everyone wearing masks, and we're trying to keep six feet away from people, you know, just a normal conversation. And then if I have to examine them, obviously I use gloves, and then we have to disinfect everything thoroughly. Um, but the number of cases around us hasn't been as bad as New York. Um, I think it helped seeing what was happening in New York because, I mean, I kind of had a heads up that it was coming because the American Academy of Family Doctors sent out a message at the end of January saying, prepare for this. And um, so I tried to, you know, get our hospital on board and, um, you know, they've been very responsive. But I think once we started to see what was going on in New York, you know, everything came to a screeching halt here and we've, you know, rearranged our entire lives. So it seems to be, the social distancing seems to be helping. We only have 
have, I think, 59 cases in my county. Um, So, yeah, the numbers aren't that high. So but we're just thinking, are we going to be, you know, is it going to peak in July or is it going to calm down this summer and then come back in the fall? Or, you know, have we peaked and we're just not going to see the high numbers that um, obviously we're not going to see what New York saw because that's, you guys just have a higher population. Right. Um, but yeah, we've, I mean, I think all, I think the, all of America's lives have definitely changed, but, um, I think that seeing what happened in New York definitely scared us, um, into making dramatic changes and stopping, you know, all elective surgeries and hmm. postponing all like well woman exams and, just stuff that didn't need to happen right now. Medicare wellness exams. Um, sure. Seeing you know. patients by, yeah, seeing patients on telemedicine. Ingrown hairs uh, are not yeah. a priority. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Did you have any, um, did you have any pending concerts that were either canceled or you're looking forward to? Well, I have tickets for um, the Poison Motley Crue, um, Joan Jett. Death Leopard. Yeah. So for this summer. So I'm not really sure. I'm guessing it's going to be postponed, but they haven't said anything yet. <laughs> not yet. And they haven't canceled the the Guns N' Roses shit that I'm, uh, show that I'm going to in July. I have loud fucking neighbors. <laughs> I'm just going to play along with it. <laughs> yeah. You know, it, it's crazy. No, whatever. Uh, it adds yeah. ambiance of the craziness that is New York. Uh, yes. It's in July. And so what do you think because there are there have been reports of that concerts may not be back until 2021 and we hear that social distancing is working you know from not just dr fauci but from dr talbot what do, do you for like is it hard to to guess that far in the future do you have high hopes that we will return to concerts maybe even this year I'm not really sure. I mean, in some sense, I want to go. I want to have, you know, enjoy myself and relax. I'm not sure that I'm going to be able to relax until I have a vaccine. Mm. Um, I'm contemplating if they do do the concert and I go that I might be wearing my N95 mask, which I only have a few of them and I'm wearing them like three to four weeks at a time. Wow. Um, and you know, these aren't, these are not very comfortable masks to wear. So I can't envision myself, um, at the Megadeth concert, um, <laughs> with my N95 mask on. You would look pretty metal though. I think so too. Yeah. That would... <laughs> What did you think of uh, the GNR? It was the last GNR show in Mexico, and I, I was unfamiliar that they take temperature like that. It's um, it looks like a like how you get checked out in a supermarket. You know, they're they're, they're scanning the the barcode, but they're scanning your forehead of temperature. Is that yeah. is that a useful tool? Do you think that's something? Yeah, that yeah, yeah. We've been using those in the office more, you know, than the under the tongue, just to have less droplets. Sure. But they're not as accurate. But it gives you a ballpark. So oh, okay. Yeah. So all right. Well, I am. I want to save this because we can trust Doctor Talbot more than Doctor Oz or Doctor Phil. So I, I any medical question. You know, maybe <laughs> after this episode, we'll, we'll direct you away. But, you know, we're here to talk about Guns N' Roses, of course. So uh, when when did you first discover them? Because we were just talking off air. You know, I'm, I'm slightly uh, younger than you. So I, I mentioned on the show before that when music really became part of my life, GNR was already broken up. I was born in 83. So when did GNR, you know, come into your come into your life, I guess? <laughs> 
I think it must have been 88 or 89 because Appetite came out in 87. Of course, it didn't make a big splash for a while. It must have been MTV. I probably saw Welcome to the Jungle and um, had to have the cassette, which I still have. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Did I think you? I was into like White Snake and Motley Crue and Bon Jovi before that because they were bigger, you know, and then obviously Guns kind of came onto the scene a little bit later. Were you the the cool? I mean, you still are, I'm sure. But were you the the cool hot rocker chick in in your school? Were you wearing like denim, De- like denim? Yeah. Leather? Okay. Yes. Yes. Nice. Oh yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes, I was that. Uh, I still am. A lot of my patients can't believe it though. They'll be like, "You listen to rock and metal? <laughs> I thought you listened to symphony or jazz." <laughs> Do you have that on in your office? Because I know sometimes the offices will have Kenny G on. Are you blasting Megadeth? No, in my literal office I am, but not in the patient room. Okay. I think my receptionist plays some music up for the waiting room, but she just plays probably country or, you know, some XM radio or something that she wants to play. Sure. I guess it probably, especially during these times, it wouldn't be very comforting to, to hear Megadeth while you're being worked on, wondering if you're going to no, die. No, no. I feel like after listening to Metallica and Megadeth, I've been preparing for coronavirus my whole life, right? <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready. <laughs> the symphony of destruction. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, when was the first time you got to see GNR? Actually, it was with this reunion. Wow, okay. Um, but I, I was supposed to see them in high school, so I graduated in 94. I think I was supposed to see them in the early 90s, but, it, you know, their concerts weren't known for being the safest, right. and um, I didn't go because I was afraid for my safety. Wow. Um, yeah, so I didn't go, in, and that was, like, probably the biggest regret of my life, I, and I don't regret a lot of things, so that was that was it. And now well, here we are, 2020, you're fearing for your safety at a GNR concert, but for different reasons, I suppose. <laughs> yes, exactly. Oh, life yes. is crazy. So I think it was the Detroit show that they opened, um, the 2016, I think that was the first time that I'd seen them, and I've been waiting, you know, what, 22 or 23 years? Wow. That's, um, that's. I mean, it's special. I mean, I told you off the air, I, I never thought I would get to see Axel and Slash on, on stage but for someone like you, yeah, I've had those moments. That's actually a good question. I want to put that out there on social media. What's a what's a show that you had the opportunity to see, but for whatever reason you didn't and you regret it? So um, yeah, I, I I know there are certainly there are people that will say Guns N' Roses. Just off the top of my head, myself, it's not music, but you remember the comedian Mitch Hedberg? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was at my college. And I bought tickets for a friend of mine uh, who weren't students, so I had to buy the tickets for them, and I just didn't go. And he died two months later. So, oh wow! Yeah, see these people while you can. Jeez. Yeah. Um, so how were the? You were at a special. You were at an, an interesting show, right? For the uh, not in this lifetime. Can you tell us about that? The one in Houston. Yeah, that was it. Was the Houston one right? That was that you were telling me off the air that the something funny that I'm sure GNR fans will remember that moment happened. Yeah, so we yeah, so we drive to Houston. It's maybe two or three hours from here, and you know we're super excited to see them. And then during November Rain, which is my boyfriend's favorite song, mine too. Something it is. is it? It is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
It's an awesome song. Something was happening, and Axel wasn't happy. There was, like, noises happening, and he was, like, kept looking around like something was wrong. And he finally just yells out, like, stop, stop, stop the song, you know. And he's like, what's that noise? And people, he's like, I guess it was a ghost. And, I mean, we were all holding our breath, the entire <laughs> audience, just thinking, oh, boy, if this was Axel from the 80s, you know, he's going to storm off the stage. This is the end of the set, and we're not going to get to enjoy the rest of the show. Um but he carried on and turned out beautiful. <laughs> we were all on we were all on pins and needles. <laughs> I, I remember that. Just absolutely. That was so funny. That really was so funny because it shows how much he's changed. So who knows? Maybe at that show that you missed out on, it would have been dangerous. Or, I mean, do you remember the specific date of that show? I, I don't know if that was. I'm sure they went on late. I would have to look it up. I thought it was would would have been in Detroit, but I know you posted something about the Auburn show in '93, the Palace of Auburn Hills. Yeah. So, because I graduated in '94, so I'm not. I would. I thought maybe it would have been '91 to '93, but I can't remember. And I could have swore it was in Detroit, like Kobo Arena or Joe Lewis Arena. Okay. But I'd have to look it back up. All right. Well, I'm sure we'll get one of our great fans, one of your other your fellow wonderful <laughs> listeners, to let me know. Uh, yeah. A couple other things I want to ask you about. You sent me this awesome picture of you dressed like Axel. Was yeah. that was that for Halloween or was just, that just a Tuesday? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I dress as Axel for like almost every Halloween. I dress in my office seeing patients with the tattoos that I order That's off of awesome. Etsy. <laughs> it's pretty funny. And on one year, though, I had to meet like an 89-year-old patient that never had met me before. And I come in dressed as Axel Rose with like a cigarette hanging from my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> and these fake tattoos. Um, so I was like, I'm sorry, I don't usually dress like this. And she took a picture with me. <laughs> that's awesome. No, that, that's brilliant. See, that, that's that's a great doctor with that, that kind of sense of humor. And yeah, the commitment. Uh, you see a lot of I, I've talked about that before and why I do this podcast, not just because they're my favorite band, but Slash and, and Axel, they are so recognizable. And you can in their Halloween costumes. How many rock stars are Halloween costumes? And sometimes people get lazy. They'll just put on a bandana and a GNR shirt. But you go all out. You get the so you can order those online, right? Those the tattoos that you uh, access yes. tattoos that you put on you. That's so cool. Yeah, they're on. I think on Etsy, they're like the real life large version. Wow. And then I wear them for like a week after and get lots of looks from people. <laughs> uh, who does this girl think she is? She thinks she's Axel. That's yeah. Great. Well, I think one of the more prominent ladies in town didn't thought that maybe I had tattoos down my arm, but I always wear a white coat, so you can't tell. So uh, when I was out eating dinner and I had the Axel tattoos on still, and I had to go tell her that I actually don't have a full sleeve. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. No, that's great. Your, your patients must. I mean, I'm glad the 89 year old wasn't scared, but I'm sure your patients really appreciate, you know, you because it's no one really likes. No, I'm sure you don't. There's not, you're not going to take offense to it. No one really likes going to the doctor. So if they have you know, a personality like yours, I'm sure it makes it so much easier. Yes, yes. No one likes coming to see me, but <laughs> so I, guess a few, I guess a few they do yeah. if we talk about music. <laughs> nice, nice. Uh, and you have a pretty cool collection. You sent me another picture. You have a, an Axel candle. Uh, that's the, the, him as Jesus, which I, I appreciate. So do you have like a big like collection of Gene or rock stuff? Like do what's your – memorabilia collection like do you have posters around yeah it's not super big but i keep a lot of it in my office you know from the stress of the day i like to look at i got like 
pictures of the band on my desk and Duff McKagan and um, picture with Billy Idol because I met Billy Idol on oh, nice. concert and yeah, yeah, and the Axle Candle from Itzy. And I have to get, I feel like I'm out of the loop uh, that I don't have the, the Funko Pop uh, characters. Yes, I, you need those. Everyone has them, but it's just, I've said this before and this is a whole other podcast. I don't like how it's just Axel, Slash, and Duff. I want a full band, and that doesn't necessarily mean Adler and Izzy. I would love a Melissa Reese Funko Pop. Um, we just put it out there, so maybe somebody will will make it. So, uh, again, I really appreciate you taking the time today to talk, and just not even just that. It's, it's more so what you're still doing. It's so hard. Uh, I, I can't. I can't even imagine how hard it is to, to go into work and be worried about yourself, you know, and and to take the, you know, different precautions than you you normally would. And uh, you could tell just by I could tell just by the little that I know of you how much you care about your patients. So uh, you're not just worrying about yourself; your worry for your patients has escalated. So. Um, you, you got you, the men and women who are on the front lines of, you know, these essential workers. You know, I am not an essential worker, although I was given, uh, in case if it came down to it, my boss gave me a, a sheet that, by the city that I was filled out for all of uh, people at Premier, in case if we were st- if we had to go to the city and we were, if there was like a, uh, if it was blocked off, that we were essential press personnel. I mean. I don't know how essential me doing the Keith Sweat radio show is and doing a GNR podcast is, but I know I'm not essential. You're essential. <laughs> so uh, I, I appreciate you know what you're doing and obviously your patience too. But before we uh, you know wrap up here, I got to ask what I ask of you know the this these participants of fan, fan obsession. What is your favorite Guns N' Roses song? I think 14 years. I think you're going to win a lot time. of fans with that one. Uh, Eddie you think Reason- so? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, th- even though Izzy's not very public, although he yeah. he did his his yearly tweet, uh, the, I think a day or uh, two before his birthday, hoping everyone is staying safe. But Izzy has such an under underground fan base, it seems, uh, at least from what I can tell from my listener base. So uh, you'll win a lot of Izzy fans over. Any reason, any special reason why that song? Well, it was just a relationship with my parental units. That was 14 years of misery. Mm. And, yeah, it just relates, you know, because you can see the anger in that song that they have for this relationship. And so it, I don't know, it just really helps me get over it when I listen to that song. Right on. I like that. And your your favorite piece of... Uh, like a collectible memorabilia, whether it's uh, you know an old tape like you mentioned, or the T-shirt, concert stub, uh, picture, anything that's that you know you hold above all your your other GNR stuff. Probably the first tape, the one from that I got in '88, the Appetite for Destruction. You were telling me off the air that's in your attic. You, this is what the yeah. the quarantine is for to clean out the attic. The attic. <laughs> it's spring cleaning. I need to go into the attic. It's in my high school containers. You know the big Tupperware containers that my mom gave me, full of my my high school memorabilia. Oh, I love it. See when cassettes again. This is just the. I don't even want to. Let's not call it an age thing. Let's let's call it a time period thing. My cassettes because I first got Appetite on CD, but before CDs. I came in that, that, that time where cassettes were phasing out and CDs were coming in. So on on cassette, I have Ace of Bass. I have uh, Heavy D and the Boys. I have Boys to Men. 
I, I, I have crisscross. I have a crisscross cassette. So I was much different. <laughs> I was much different when I was younger. Wow. Well, I think I have Cindy Lauper, Madonna um, from the early 80s. And then it was Bon Jovi, White Snake, Motley Crue, nice. Guns N' Roses. Yeah. Metallica. I think once I got out of my, my young pop phase, I had, uh, I think it was Michael Jackson's Dangerous on cassette as well. But I asked a friend of mine, I'm like, I, I'm, I want my first CD to be Guns N' Roses. What album should I get? He's like, all right, what songs do you like? And I guess naturally, most of the songs are going to end up being on Appetite. So that was the first CD I got when I finally was able to, you know, buy myself a CD player. My parents got me a CD player for Hanukkah or whatever it was at the time. But (laughs) anyway. (laughs) That's awesome. Oh, and I don't know if I mentioned because I remember my first album ever was Dookie on cassette. And I got that in my Hanukkah stocking. Oh, wow. So... I, I didn't know they did Hanukkah stockings. My mom That's did. Awesome. <laughs> really? Oh, good. <laughs> I, I don't know. She, I guess she she knew how boring Hanukkah was, and she wanted to Christmas it up for us. Oh. That's a, that's another story for my therapist. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so and, and yeah. So anyway, uh, Nicole, doc, Doctor Talbot, um, I, thank you so much for taking the time. Thank you so much for being on the front lines and and just helping us get through this and. You know, just thanks for being a fan of of my my page, my podcast. You know, listeners like you make me feel good. You give me a purpose uh, to keep going, keep doing these, this thing that helps me keep sane in a time like this. So just, uh, I think it's a pre pre a three pronged thank you <laughs> going at you, Doctor Talbot. Well, so. thank you, thank you. We appreciate listening to your podcast. It gives us an outlet, you know, a respite from what's going on right now. So we appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. And that does it for this episode of Appetite for Distortion. Thanks for for hanging out. A couple cool guests, I think. A couple of very inspirational women here. And it's just great to really expand on this Guns N' Roses-themed podcast where we could talk to Kathy Valentine from the Go-Go's, that we could talk to a medical doctor that dresses like Axl Rose when she treats her patients. Awesome. I guess there's a double meaning of patience there and different spelling. I was trying to force a joke there, and it did not work. Will I edit it out? No, I won't. Uh, I, will, I can tell you some upcoming guests. Uh, Susan Holmes McKagan coming back on the show. Yeah, going to celebrate the one-year anniversary of her new book, The Velvet Rose. Did you read it? Do you have a question for Susan? Please let me know. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. I'm on there. Same thing with Gmail, at the AFD show at gmail.com. Also making a, a return to the AFD show, David Coverdale, Whitesnake. Can't wait to catch up with, with David to see what's going on with him and how he's handling this, uh, this, this crisis because he loves being out on the road. I'm curious to see what he does in his downtime. I like that. Oh, speaking of which, uh, let me thank ultimateguitar.com because they picked up my Mark Tremonti interview where he talked about his feelings about playing with Slash and he talking about his downtime too, what he likes to do. And for him, if you remember, if you listened, uh, pinball, just like Slash. And I couldn't believe it. Him and Slash have never talked pinball and they're both junkies about it. I guess the good, the good kind of junkie. <laughs> if you don't. Uh, also coming up, I'm going to speak to uh, Mark Alexander, the CEO, the owner of Golden Robot Records. And Dizzy Reed's on there. Uh, Hookers and Blow is on there. Uh, Frank Farrar's other band is on there. There's like a lot of great – Gilby Clark 
who just released uh, at least a teaser of his uh, new video for his uh, his new song Rock and Roll is Getting Louder. And if you remember, the album is, is done, but just like with everything else, movies, concerts, album releases, things are, you know, when when's the right time to do it? Do you release an album during a crisis? But uh, I did share, and it's also on his, his Instagram uh, part of the video, which is pretty cool. Uh, guest starring Hillbilly Herald, another friend of the show. So very cool because Gilby produced Hillbilly's record. And then Gilby also produced Kathy's record. Look at all this. Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon. GNR Bacon. I love it. So uh, we're going to get Mark on. And one last mention before the episode concludes. I want to thank again slash apologize to uh, at GNR Persia on my GNRforum.com. I mentioned last episode with Andy Morahan, and I always like to give credit where credit is is due, I think, uh, GNR Persia for for sparking the idea for me to reach out to Andy. And I thought it was a a girl named Adele. Well, it's a boy named Adele. So <laughs> he said he uh, it was an amazing interview. He enjoyed it a lot. Uh, thanks me for my efforts. Thank you for the uh, the idea. And sorry for for thinking you were a girl. Sorry, bro. <laughs> Thanks, Adele. Anyway, that does it for this episode of Appetite for Distortion. When will you see the next one? In the words of Axel Rose concerning Chinese democracy, I don't know if soon is the word, but you'll see it. No! it! No! Thanks to the lame-ass security, I'm going home.